everyone. Welcome to uh, my podcast. I'm sitting here with the 2015 Ironman European Champion, 2015 Ironman 70.3 Champion, and before I run out of breath, with 2015 Ironman World Champion, Daniela Reef. Hi, Daniela. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. <laughs> so you've been here in Phuket for roughly about four weeks now. Um, somebody said it was like a major event. Well, I mean, I think the major event was uh, Kona yeah. for me. It was a huge goal, and to be able to, you know, get the world champion title um, was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I am very happy with what I've achieved. Uh, what I've achieved this year already. It's been a great season, and um, I think my goal now is to show my best performance um, of the year. And um, I had some really great races and. Um, but I'm still looking for the perfect race, and um, of course, I hope I can do that in two weeks' time in uh, in Bahrain. Bonus the World Championship, but then there was this overarching story throughout this year of you trying to be this quote-unquote million-dollar baby. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. Um, I mean, when I started the season this year in Dubai, I never thought that would be possible to win these three ma- or to win two of the mm-hmm. major races because they're all they were all very competitive and um yeah now um i'm in this position to be able to yeah be the one million dollar baby it's uh, very very um crazy and also very um yes um surprising to me um it's a great opportunity and um of course i i don't race for the money Mm -hmm. um that's never been my goal and it's never get me out of bed in the morning to be able to train hard Mm -hmm. but still as a triathlete um it's a, yeah, it's a one-time opportunity, and of course, I, I hope I can uh, achieve it and show a great race, and then also deserve deserve the the prize. From training for Kona, which is um, a full distance, did you change anything in your preparation to be a little bit more seventy point three specific? Well, to me, it's seventy point three is still my favorite distance because I um I feel like you I can go from start to finish just pretty much all out so um, I'm, I was quite excited to go back to 70.3 ra- uh, training and racing because um, yeah it's definitely a bit, a, a bit more intense um, we've done some really hard uh, rides and also very hard runs and um, yeah like fast runs on the treadmill which um, I really enjoy so yeah I was excited to, to get you know sharpen the knife I think after Kona I was very in very good shape and now um, the last four weeks we really try to you know get that little extra um, in power and speed and um, so far it's been going great and um, now it's yeah two, two weeks left and um, it's gonna be all about the sh- sharpening the knife yeah so you've been you've actually been in triathlon for quite some time already you're a two-time Olympian for Switzerland you've been through a lot of coaches uh, but for some reason, not a lot of people had actually really heard or thought about you until last year after your breakthrough performances. You went unbeaten and then second in Kona. What do you think Brett Sutton understands about you as an athlete that helped you with that breakthrough? Yeah, he definitely had a huge impact on my on my performance and my racing, but also on, on how I think. Um, he's not only a great coach, he's also... Um, a great person who understands the athletes and um, yeah he definitely helped me 
in one part to not overthink the, the training and he's had a lot of success and definitely had a lot of athletes but every athlete he he, he treats different so he depending on, on the character on how the yeah how the athlete like to likes to train he and also how the athlete you know the surrounding about around the athlete um, he changes it he makes it um, good for for the specific athlete and I think that's yeah one thing for me for example he helped me to find a good balance um, I used to always train hard before and and sometimes maybe too hard and I yeah enjoyed training hard and of course that's needed but it's also the other part like the resting part which yeah. is important and um, not yeah depending on what day and what time it's um, also to hold back and he definitely holds me back in the right time and um, pushes me hard when when I need to be pushed and I think that's one of the biggest secrets and also um, I think also how I go to the races now um, I really yeah, I really like to go out there and, you know, push the pace and not try to be afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he's, he's race or he really understands, like, the, the type of racing I like. And he gives me the plans, which I pretty much o- always so far could, um, you know, execute. Mm-hmm. And that's something also, like, uh, as a coach, to be able to already know what's going to happen in the race um, can help can help an athlete a lot. And... He often has, um, yeah, gives me some pretty good plans, which um, you can see in the results where I'm going very well. So, yeah, I'm very happy with the situation and also, um, yeah, I'm, I'm able to be training with him. Yeah, fantastic. So, what does a regular training week look like? I, I know this is like a stock question and it always makes my head hurt because there is no really regular training week. But... Like, for instance, uh, I saw a post from someone here at Tenkura took a photo of you doing a solo swim session. It's like, do you do more group sessions or solo sessions? Um, I like to train. Um, I don't mind to train alone. I think it's something also which is needed in triathlon because especially in, um, on the bike, on the run, you're out there by yourself anyway mm-hmm. and you got to focus on yourself and I think that's also something in, in race uh, in training you need to, to practice so I yeah I, my rides um, I ride quite often by myself um, here in, in Thailand my coach he was um, on the scooter a few times just um, on the back and checking out um, if I go fast enough but um, in yeah in general I, I don't mind to train alone it's um, I can sometimes it's you know I think there's positive and negatives with the group um, sometimes it's also very you know a lot of fun um, especially swim squats um, I really enjoy um, at home I also train with a swim squat and um, and then that's yeah sometimes I miss that when I'm in a way or uh, in second rates we always have to swim squat so we train normally together in the morning and then everyone does its own training during the day and that gives you some you know, some some times where you actually meet up for training, so mm-hmm. it's not like you do um, everything by yourself, and it's a good mix. And um, yeah, here I've I've done a few sessions by myself. Of course, uh, also in a swim, I joined the squad here um, yeah, a few I times, and uh, that was With quite inspiring. Squad, yeah, yeah, they're um, some young athletes, and they um, yeah, they're most likely gonna race in uh, Rio next year, 
and uh, yeah, it's great fun to see such uh, motivated young athletes training really hard, and there are um, some fast backstrokers and butterflies uh, girls. They even, you know, they I had to like really hurry up. They don't catch me because they're so fast. And so yeah, it was good fun, and um, yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. In let's say in the certain phases where the, the training gets really heavy, do you have any idea how many hours total you do? Um, I I stopped um, writing a diary. I don't uh, write down anything anymore because um, the positive thing about it, you forget how much you train, <laughs> so you don't complain. Oh, it's been so hard, and so it's I, it's hard to say. I I think it's definitely not a huge amount of hours. Um, it's definitely more quality than quantity. Um, I don't know. It's hard, really hard to say. It could be around something between 25 30 hours so nothing really special um, but yeah it's it's not the hours which defines um, if you're gonna race well because it's it's really the quality and so we often do like short sessions as well and like three runs in a day um, where you just go hard in every session and I think that's yeah that's training which I which I also enjoy more than just putting a lot of hours in there. How much do you travel for camps and how do you choose which races to go to? Um, yeah, this year was a bit special because um, I was on the way quite a long time. So I, I haven't really been home since June. So it's a long time. and uh, But um, I don't. I try not to travel too much. So when I, for example, I, I went, I was the whole summer, I was in St. Moritz. We were based there because my coach lives there. And um, from there, I just did the races in New York. And that was something which was, yeah, really good because like this, I didn't have to fly around the whole time. I could even go to, yeah, most of the races I could go by car, which is um, much easier on the body if you can just you know, have a little drive and don't have to fly and everything. And um, and then, yeah, since... So, yeah, then after this, we went to Sheju. We had the camp there and went... To, but it was always, like, four or five weeks in a place. So, like, this, it didn't... It never felt rushed or, like, stressed. But it's still a long way on the, on the you know, on the road, yeah. So, it's... Um, I think it's something really important to not fly around too much and also, yeah, choose... It's. I choose the races with Brett. He often chooses them for me and says, oh, or I have an idea, and he's like, no, that's that's totally bullshit because um, it doesn't make any sense to you know, fly there and go back and stuff like this. So he's yeah, he's pretty good also with deciding which races we're doing. So it's also fitting with the training program. From last year's breakout performances, where people didn't really know what to expect, this year people kind of expected you to win. Um, did that change any kind of dynamic or the kind of pressures you felt going into into those big three races? Um, you mean to win in Kona yeah, or, like um, or in European himself? champion, 70.3, yeah. then Kona? Well, I... It's for me when people say like the like yeah they expect me to win. It's it's I mean no one expects you to win. They think you might win, and I, I try to see it as a compliment because it gives you the feedback that things might must go well. Otherwise, people wouldn't think this. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, yeah, my goal is 
often to really just show the performance and try to you know be fast and that's what I also focus in the race and if I if I always do this then um, the results they'll come from itself so it's definitely there's more yeah tension before the races um, than last year but I it didn't yeah it didn't affect me too much like even in Kona many people were talking about I could win it or I should I, I will win it and um yeah like they sometimes forget that you still have to do it you know you gotta get out there and actually do it because all the preparation and all the, the results you've done before are not gonna make you win it so you have to actually execute and go out there and, and do it and um, that's why it's so important to focus on the yeah on the plan or focus on the on the effort and not on the results Mm, okay, so it seems like you're really grounded, um, not really buying into the hype surrounding being quote unquote queen of Kona. Uh, who's your core group? Like, who, who do you rely on for support? Who do you rely on to give you the straight facts, um, keep you grounded, and also to motivate? Um, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely my coach and also the training group I'm with. Um, I mean, yeah, we, I train also with Nicola Spirik and um, she's been Olympic champion. And um, yeah, f- for us, it's kind of you know like we like after a good race, you come back to the pool deck on Monday and yeah, you just train again. You know, it's not like I mean, of course, people like they you know the squad is happy for you when you have a great race and. Um, but it's still, it's nothing like, yeah, not another person. And um, and then for sure, my coach, um, if I start to, you know, say stupid things about training, um, so far it didn't really happen yet, but I th- I'm pretty sure he would give me um, quite an um, a honest um, answer <laughs> if I'm starting to try to, you know, get lazy or something like this. And then, yeah, I think, I mean, I... For me, it's my friends also, are also really important. I at home, I, I'm not very triathlon focused. Um, I study. Um, I still go to university, so when I get home from Bahrain on Monday, I go back to university on Tuesday. So <laughs> that's something that's really like helping to you know get back to reality really quickly because um, you walk into university and it's like okay, now I need to do that. Um, start to study for that module or something or some exam and and then yeah my friends some most of my friends they're not traveling like I have a lot of friends from triathlon which I met through racing and um, training but also have some friends from school from earlier on and it's yeah it's nice to also have other topics than triathlon I think that really helps to see the life as not only a triathlon life can you tell us a little bit more about this degree? I know it's like um, it's not a bachelor's degree anymore; it's postgraduate, is that right? Uh, it's a bachelor. Oh, it's a bachelor's yeah. degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't finished it yet, so mm-hmm. I, I've done. Normally, it would take three years, and I've done three now. But I, um, since one and a half year, I went a bit. Um, I went studying uh, part-time, mm-hmm. so um, because yeah, of course, the sport has been um, quite busy and time-consuming. So, um, yeah, I, um, I'll have two more semesters and then I should be 
writing the thesis, like the bachelor thesis, and then I should um, have the bachelor. And eventually, I I really like to do the master in um, food, nutrition, and health. So yeah, it's I just I don't know. I really interested in food and also the product development. And maybe one day I don't know I can combine it with the sport. Um, so that's yeah one of the goals I've had, I have. So it plays into um, what you're thinking about doing post triathlon. Um, yeah, I really like to work for a food company, like um, as a product manager, or um, yeah, even creating creating some some food line. Who knows? You know, some. I think there's not enough um, healthy um, convenience foods foods yet, and um, I think even for it, there's a lot of you know health stuff, but it's often a bit you know um, they try to yeah exactly, and um, I think there's still. I always have some funny ideas, and so maybe one day I can uh, make make something by myself, or may, maybe with a company I can start something. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I haven't planned my future yet, but I'm, I'm open for many things. So many elite age groupers believe that if if they could quit their jobs, they could train as hard as the pros and eventually go pro. But as a top level pro, there are a few top level pros that actually juggle jobs and. For you, you juggle studying. So, um, how does that work for you? Um, how do you mean for to make a living like, from the school? Um, there, I read something about um, Brett Sutton saying that there are some athletes that needed to work so that they could be a bit more focused. Yeah. And then there are some that needed to work because uh, they need to get out of their heads. Yes, yeah. From triathlon. Yeah, it's definitely a balanced thing. Um, if you work and do triathlon as a, as a hobby, it's definitely very hard because, um, yeah, working 100% and then training pretty much the same amount and the pros do is, um, is very intense. And um, I think that's something which, which is... Yeah, it um, needs a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the opposite, where the tra- like the professional, they have much, much more time. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone thinks, oh, that's so great, because you have so much time to train and to rest. But then it's, yeah, it's a problem with the head, because if you're not going so well, so well, it's pretty much the whole pressure is on your performance. And I've had that when I was uh, sick um, in 11 to 12 where I, yeah, I really struggle because you don't really have many things to think about. If you're sick, that's your job, and the whole time, if you can't train, that's that's your problem. And so I, I find since I studied, I could um, I'd be much more balanced. Um, of course, sometimes you get a bit less rest, um, but your head is also a bit more free, and that definitely, I think that helped me actually to, to, to get better. Because you, yeah, like for me, when I'm going to uni around, like during the day, I train in the morning and then go to uni. And so even whatever session you have in the morning, you just do it. And then you don't think about it anymore. Where as a pro, you go home and you might have had a bad session. Um, You think about it much more. And that's, yeah, I think it's... um, it's both sides is hard, you know. It's um, I don't know if um, if uh, someone who's working fifty percent and then would stop working, 
would be much better because then he would have the same problem. Um, he would then have maybe too much time to train and then sometimes also train too much. Um, triathletes are in general quite motivated to train and that's something dangerous and I also learned that. So it's not always more is better. So it's, it's also resting and getting to do other things. Have you already decided or thought, started thinking about your goals for 2016? Uh, not really, to be honest. Um, I definitely focused on this year and um, I have the, how do you say, the luxury from my coach that I'll definitely have um, a bit of more to say next year of, in terms of racing or what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, so this year has been, you know, very intense and um, I followed pretty much everything he or we, yeah, we decided to, to make it the best possible. Um, I really didn't take any compromises. I, I just went to every camp which was needed to make the best out of it. And next year I, I might start a bit later with racing um, because this year has been very long. I've never had such a long season because it started in February and yeah. it's December now. And um, yeah, so I definitely have a bit of a break and then build it up. Um, yeah, there's not even all the races out yet, so I think it's too early to plan. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some race, you know, some good races, um, and um, and then I think my goal in general is still to find out how fast I can get. And um, over the Ironman, yeah, I think I can still get a little bit faster, and that's why I'm motivated to keep training and see how fast I can get. But what does off-season for Daniela Reef look like? <laughs> well, in, uh, I mean studying for sure. Um, I, I haven't really planned a big holiday. Um, I get bored in holidays. So it's for me, it's like when I go home, seeing my friends. And that's pretty much what I want to do, see my family and friends. I don't need to go somewhere else because I've been away so long. Um, so my holidays will be at home. Um, I'll, uh, I'll have some, we're just going to go to some Christmas market with my friends, stuff like this, just, um, yeah, which was not possible during this season, and um, and then some studying and just enjoying home, yeah, that's my holidays. I still keep training a little bit, um, just one little session, like 30 minutes a day mm -hmm. doesn't hurt your body, it's just going to make you feel better, and that's normally what I do, like, to just keep it rolling so I don't get... I don't know, I, I feel not very good if I stop from six or five hours to zero because it's just, <laughs> your body gets, uh, I don't like know, It's like you're funny. driving on, in a car at 100 kph and yeah. then hitting a brick wall. And yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's it. All right, so uh, thank you so much, Daniela, for your time. Best of luck in Bahrain thank in you. two weekends' time. And... Uh, we really hope to see you on the top spot of that pool. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>